0: Hey guys, welcome back to another week of Simply Put. I am so excited to be back with you guys. I really believe that this word that God has put on my heart has the power to really transform our lives when they feel out of control into something powerful and something that God can use to transform every single area of our life. Now, this particular piece of scripture I found during the 28-day challenge that I am doing with my church. And so if you want to kind of dive into that and really just take on a 28-day challenge that's for you, I will have the link in my bio. So just wanted to tell you guys that ahead of time that this study is available for you. It's in my link. It's downloadable. Feel free. Go check it out. I know for me, it has been absolutely fantastic. So here we go, rocking and rolling in Mark chapter five. Let's do this. Welcome to Simply Put, a podcast that has been brought to life with you in mind. Whether you consider yourself an all-in Christian or have never been introduced to the freedom found in God, this podcast is for you. While the Bible might seem complicated, God's message is rather simple. Every week, you can expect Britt to take God's word and break it down into something we can all better understand. Now here's your host, Britt. All right, guys, so we are picking up in Mark chapter 5, verse 1. It says, They went across the lake to the region of Gerasenes. When Jesus got out of the boat, a man with an evil spirit came from the tombs to meet him. This man lived in the tombs, and no one could bind him anymore, not even with the chain. For he had often been chained hand and foot, but he tore through the chains and a part broke the irons on his feet. No one was strong enough to subdue him. And I want to stop Right there, before we talk about anything that this man did after that or his response to these chains. So, here's what's going down Jesus crosses the lake to the region of Gerasene, and when he gets out of the boat, he is met by this man who has an evil spirit living in him, who we later find out his name is Legion. And what I found so interesting about this is the way that Legion wasn't chained. Physically, but he was definitely chained spiritually. And we see this it says, for he had often been chained hand and foot, but he tore the chains apart and broke the irons on his feet. No one was strong enough to subdue him. So this idea really painted this picture for me in my head that just because you're not chained physically, just because you don't have a circumstance on the outside that says I am in these chains doesn't mean that you're not chained spiritually, doesn't mean that you're not oppressed spiritually. It doesn't mean that the enemy is not attacking you in an internal way, and I think in our generation. This picture right here is detrimental to the way that we understand scripture and also the way we lead others to Christ, because from the outside looking in, Legion just looks out of control. The people around him are clearly thinking and maybe even declaring things like, he's too far gone. There's nothing we can do to help him. I don't know what to do with him. He is too out of control. And how many times do we do that in our own lives with the people around us? I can easily name five or six people that in my own life, I have thought, I just, I'm just not sure what God could do with that. And what this story is reminding us is that God can do anything. (laughs) He doesn't need your permission to use somebody else's testimony All you have to do is have faith that they can be changed. And we'll talk about this a little bit more later in today's podcast. But what's so interesting to me is that later on in the scripture, he introduces himself as Legion. Literally, he was known by what he was surrounded by. And I wonder how much that played a part in the way others saw him. They didn't see him as somebody that could be redeemed. They saw him as somebody that was completely surrounded by evil spirits. And how much of our perspective in our life influences our behavior? So this man is living in the tombs and no one can bind him anymore. Basically, nobody can control this man. It says in verse 5, Night and day among the tombs and in the hills, he would cry out and cut himself with stones. And this verse really struck me because it's not as if Legion is pretending like he is okay. And it's not as if he isn't hurting. He is publicly hurting and he is vocalizing that hurt. And even in that, people don't know how to respond. And what we see in the story is we see how Jesus responds. And really what it does is it prompts us to respond in the same way. I think one of the toughest things to do is when we see someone hurting is to call them higher. What do we say? How do we say? What if we're wrong? What if we say the wrong thing? And what Jesus is saying is, I don't need them to see faith in you. I just need you to introduce them to me. So it says in verse 6, When he saw Jesus from a distance, he ran and fell on his knees in front of him. He shouted at the top of his voice, What do you want with me, Jesus, son of the most high God? Swear to God that you won't torture me. For Jesus had said to him, Come out of this man, you evil spirit. So there is a lot taking place in just these two verses from this passage. So when he saw Jesus from a distance, he ran and fell on his knees, which tells us this man had to have known somehow that this was Jesus the Messiah coming his way. But how he responds tells us a little bit about his perspective of not only who God is, but also who Jesus Christ is. He asks him two questions. What do you want with me, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? And then he declares, swear to God that you won't torture me. Now, these two statements really bring to light a lot of the perspective that Legion had about God and about his healing. And I think this is where so many of us get caught up. And this is such a common fear of the heart of a nonbeliever. It's not that they don't want anything to do with God, but often they question that same thing. But what does God want to do with me? See, this is not God's character, friend. There is a perspective of Christ that keeps us in spiritual chains, that thinks he is out to torture you, or he is out to get you, or he is out to trip you up. And that is not his character. And that's why I believe Jesus bypasses those statements. He doesn't even respond to legion. It's not like he says, oh, Legion, well, I'm here to do this and do that and can't guarantee the future. He doesn't say that literally. All he does is he addresses the enemy first and then asks Legion's name. It says in verse eight, part B, for Jesus had said to him, come out of this man, you evil spirit. Jesus doesn't answer Legion's questions. What he does is he addresses the evil spirit within Legion in order to have a direct conversation with Legion himself. And this is where the power of Romans 16, 20 comes in that says, The God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. The grace of our Lord Jesus will be with you. There is something so absolutely refreshing about knowing that whatever temptation you're walking through, whatever stronghold you're experiencing— God has dominion over. You don't have to stay there when you cling to the cross. But that is the only way to overcome it. We can't overcome those struggles in our own strength. It's only through God that those chains will be broken. So once he addresses the evil spirit, he then asks Legion his name. And at first I thought this was kind of a weird question because... Obviously, we know Jesus probably knows his name, but it's almost as if he's saying, I know who you are, Legion, but do you know who you are? And again, I want to go back to the meaning of his name because his name literally means a number of things. What I find so interesting about this is that he was being called by what he is surrounded by over and over again. It was as if the people around him were reinforcing the fact that he was surrounded by evil spirits. And I think this says so much, not only about our name, but also about the words that we speak over ourselves. But something so strange happens next. Immediately after Jesus asking his name, he doesn't even ask for healing. What he asks is that he would not send the spirits that were in him to anyone else. It's almost as if without even realizing it, Legion was living out God's greatest commandment that we are to love our neighbors as ourselves. Because Legion, what he's saying is, I'll take it, but please don't put these evil spirits on someone else. But then we have like a flip script kind of thing, because in verse 11, it says a large herd of pigs was feeding on the nearby hillside. The demons begged Jesus, send us among the pigs, allow us to go into them. Man, like even the demons want to belong. And I love that they're begging Jesus. Because over and over again, this reiterates the fact that Jesus has dominion over anything you are experiencing when you cling to him. And you know what Jesus does? He sends them into the pigs. It says in verse 13, he gave them permission and the evil spirits came out and went into the pigs. The herd about 2000 in number rushed down the steep bank into the lake and were drowned. Now, when I read that, I kind of was like, why pigs? You know, like, Jesus, really pigs? That, that's your animal of choice? Like, that's a weird animal to choose. But as I really spend time researching this and just kind of looking at the trajectory of pigs in the Bible, is that in Leviticus eleven twenty seven, 27, God forbids his people to eat swine. So ultimately, Jesus is casting these evil spirits into something that his children shouldn't be touching in the first place. And this idea alone really got me thinking about how many battles do we face by putting our hands into something that God has asked us not to touch? Because what happens, and the only way that these evil spirits come out of Legion is that they are then casted into the pigs, which are not allowed to be touched by God's children. So Jesus casts these evil spirits into something that he forbids his children to touch in the first place. And I just have a question, like, how many of us are we facing something? Is there something within us that we can't overcome, but we can't overcome it because we shouldn't have been there in the first place? And what I believe God would say is cling to me, ask it to flee, and I will do something great moving forward. So all of this happens and the people report to the town and the countryside and they're running to Jesus. And when they get there, instantly they see this man, legion, sitting upright and normal. It says in verse 15, when they came to Jesus, they saw the man who had been possessed by the legion of demons sitting there dressed in his upright mind. And they were afraid. Now, I got stuck on this because I can't figure out why these people were so afraid. I mean, they asked Jesus to leave their region because they're so scared of his healing. And no offense, but remember in verse 5 where it said, night and day among the tunes and in the hills, he would cry out and cut himself with stones. I just wonder if the people heard him. Like, If they went to bed every night and they were like, oh, Legion, there he goes, crying out again. Had they gotten so used to him being out of control that they didn't expect change? And then when change came, they were terrified that they too might have to change something within. I don't know the answer to this, but I'm not sure why else they would be afraid. I think we become most afraid when we know that there is something that needs to change within us, that we really, if we're honest, don't want to surrender to God. Again, no answers, just thoughts, (laughs) a lot, a lot of questions. So pick up in verse 18, the people had just asked Jesus to leave their region. And it says, as Jesus was getting into the boat, The man who had been demon possessed begged to go with him. Jesus did not let him, but said, Go home to your family and tell them how much the Lord has done for you and how he has had mercy on you. So the man went away and began to tell Decapolis how much Jesus had done for him, and all the people were amazed. What I love so much about God's grace is it meets you where you are, but it doesn't leave you where it found you. What I love so much about Jesus is that he always sends us back into circumstances to show the ways he has healed us most. And I have to imagine for Legion, he was probably pretty ashamed and a little bit nervous walking in there. Remember the people's reaction to his healing. They weren't excited. They weren't happy. They were terrified, and I just wonder how Legion felt walking back into the same place near the same people and into the same proximity as the people that had told him that he could never change. There is something so powerful about this idea that Jesus always sends us back to testify God's goodness. And sometimes when we find ourselves in situations that seem almost like deja vu, it's easy to think that we will fall into the same traps, that we will walk the same way, that we will do the same things. And what we're shown in this passage is that we can walk back into circumstances free through Christ's power and declare God's goodness for life change. There is probably so much more we could unpack, but this scripture really challenged me. It really made me look at not only my own heart, but also the people around me. Am I willing to believe that God can do the same healing in their lives? That whether it's a friend or a loved one or a spouse or maybe even yourself— that feels a little bit out of control. How awesome it is that we can rest and know that Jesus is coming. That he's coming to heal. That he's coming to cast out. And he's coming to make you new. Thanks for hanging out with me today, guys. Don't forget, 28 to Change Challenge. Challenge from Vox, is available for you to download. So feel free, grab the link from this bio, make sure you get a copy for yourself. Yeah, and then come hang out with us again soon. Thanks for hanging out. Like, comment, subscribe, selfie, tweet, share with a friend, don't share with a friend. Whatever you want to do, you should do that. Peace out, guys.